and Super Bowl to you. Super Bowl to everyone. Super Bowl, Super Bowl. We're saying it as a greeting here on the Pride of Detroit POD cast, the Pride of Detroit Super Bowl cast, if you will. The POD cast, prideofdetroit.com, at Pride of Detroit on Twitter. I am Chris Perfett, the adequate host at P- Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Nearly started off there having to spell out my last name, and I don't know why I keep spelling it out. You, you guys know how to spell, maybe. I don't know. Uh, we do this. I mean, it's a it's an audio medium, so I don't know if literacy is required. Clearly had to do something to get this podcast downloaded, though. Uh, let's start with introducing the crew here. Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader. Hello. 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 Hi, this is the uh, we might have to bleep basically that whole first part because it's the big game podcast. It's the big game. That's right. We don't have the rights to say Super Bowl. Bleep. This is a pi- This is a pirated Super Bowl podcast. Bleep. R, you're listening to the R, listening to the oh, R podcast. No. <laughs> Ryan Matthews is here, the rock god. He, this isn't a full scale podcast. He doesn't get the drop. Hi, Ryan. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Ready for the big game? The big game. The big game. As it is, as the New England Patriots uh, taking on the LA Rams. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I'm for it. Uh, is that where we're at with this? You just y'all hate everything about this game already. That's a great uh, way to sell this. A, a little bit, but I, I think the one thing where where I find myself at is that we've officially replaced Jeremy as the resident Cali boy because he, you seem to be the only team or the only person here that's in on the Rams being in the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, Mansour Shaheen, our own Mansour, is golf hive, so he's he's for Rams. But yeah, on this podcast, we've lost him. Yeah. Yeah, on this podcast, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm all for it. Because yeah. it and I mean, I'm I'm for it for the same reasons Jeremy is for chaos. I'm not chaos would be, I think chaos would be Tom Brady winning another ring and everyone being No, that off is about that it. is the that is the norm. That is the norm. That see the problem is though is that we are of a younger generation who craves the new things, so that would be chaos to us. But you have to understand for the sports collective, the sports establishment, they want Tom Brady to win this thing. And and Donald Trump wants Tom Brady to win this thing too. Good and nice. His good and nice friend, Bob Kraft. It, there is kind of a weird contingent. And even people in Michigan who are, you know, I mean, we, we've talked before about the people who claim Tom Brady as their own, even though he yeah, wasn't so much of a player people. in Michigan. I, I love that too, like, because I've, I've met some people who are like, they're, they're suddenly like historical revisionists on who Tom Brady was at Michigan. Right. Where they were like, no, I always wanted Tom Brady as our starting quarterback. It's like, no, you didn't. But and also the thing that doesn't make sense to me is like, how is this really another notch in Michigan's belt? If he wins it's another not. Super Bowl, like it's absolutely really, five, five Michigan was just kind of, kind of OK. But if Brady wins a six Super Bowl, then it's like, ooh, Michigan. Wow. They really they really made that guy who he is. None, none of Tom, none of Tom Brady's Super Bowl victories have anything to do with the University of Michigan. That's that's the disconnect. That's, <laughs> that's the, the reality disconnect. there. <laughs> it's 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 amazing watching people though cling to it. And I guess I I get it. It's you'll, you'll take what you can get in the sad state of Michigan sports. Uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll take whatever you can get, but I can't yeah. I can't take any pride and joy on this. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do kind of have a little bit of fun playing heel sometimes and, and rooting for the Patriots, but not anymore. Like I know, I know, I, I think what kills me the most is the whole adopting the, the underdog thing that really gets me because 
I think as a Lions fan, you're like, no, that's our thing. You stay the hell away from the underdog card, all right? You are the last team. You are literally team 32 on the list of teams that can claim their underdogs. I don't care if there's some people, like one or two talking heads at ESPN or, or Fox Sports that say, oh, Brady's done, Brady's done. The majority yeah, of people you don't get are, in, are in the camp of Tom Brady is not done, and he won't be done until he says he's done. Hmm. You know, you say, Jeremy, I, I mean, I, I agree with you that the whole underdog thing is just so bewildering and so dumb. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I don't even think the Lions thing is that they they're the underdogs. Like, we're just like the beaten dog. That's <laughs> yeah, seriously. We're the feral beaten dog. <laughs> <laughs> grim, grim, but real. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But at the same time, like, I can't root for the Rams either because, one, I have a bunch of, of L.A. friends who, much like Chris, have abandoned the Lions and started I becoming Rams fans. I have not abandoned the Lions. It's just something that's happening in town. It's interesting, and it's fun, and just, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, what do you want? And I don't, I, I hate, I hate, I hate the narrative that is like, okay, well, look at the Rams. They're in the playoffs. They're in the Super Bowl. I guess everyone needs to go out and find themselves a rookie quarterback. And that's how you build a team now. I mean, we go through this every year. Whatever the Super Bowl winner is, that's how you build the team. That's what the Lions right. need to do. And no, we get that. We were doing that with, with the Seahawks for a while too. Although I think it was harder to replicate with the Seahawks. And I mean, maybe, maybe that's it too. Like, I mean, cause I, no one was saying replicate the Panthers. Cause I think we, we knew how kind of shaky they were and no one could replicate the Broncos because they had Peyton Manning. I don't think, but, but really, no people I mean, were saying that because you, you don't need a good, you don't even need a good quarterback. You get Peyton Manning on his last neck. <laughs> uh, just get a good defense. That's how you build his a team last now. Neck. Good defense. That is the word you're going to use. His that was like last... four years ago. Now we're all talking about offensive revolution, offensive revolution. It's just like, there are more than one way to build a team. Stop doing this. I hear what you're saying about the Rams, but I will counter you that it would be chaos for all the people who insist that LA cannot succeed as an NFL town. And it would also be chaos because those same people like going to some random bar in Burbank on conference Sunday and saying, Oh, look at these five people who are just casually sitting on a non-sports bar. They're not paying attention to the game. LA is a terrible town for sports. You know, they're uh, like you, you take a cross section of every state. You're going to find the highest percentage of people who use the term sports ball in L.A. More than anywhere no, in the country. Not really. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll be yes. I'll beat you on that. San Francisco. OK, maybe San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Fuck NorCal. <laughs> I'm just saying, though, this is the second largest. This is second largest metro area in the states. And I don't know what to tell you, man. Sometimes you get you and and it's it's a southern city too. Like yeah, I mean southern near the border too. Like you will get plenty of football fans here, but you will also get plenty of people who just don't care. Like you know, it, it's what it is. We don't. How many people actually in New York care about football? Given what you know about Brooklyn and Williamsburg and all the rest, how many of those people care about football? Well, we never talk about those people, but it's always LA and Miami. We have to police those people because those dirty people might not actually like football, but their teams are good. How dare they? Agreed that their teams are good and they shouldn't have them, especially they should be in St. Louis. Let's be honest. No, fuck St. Louis. St. Louis is a terrible city. Terrible pizza, terrible city. (laughs) Terrible everything about St. Louis. So Chris hates St. Louis and New York. We got that clear. Yeah, exactly. Oh God, yes, yes. <laughs> wait, wait. Do I hate the city that hosts the 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 St. Louis Cardinals? 
do I hate the city that roots for the Cardinals? Is that your question to me? Apparently. Apparently you do. I don't, why do you hate the St. Louis Cardinals so much? Why should you not hate the St. Louis Cardinals? St. Louis Cardinals are Best fans like in baseball. me hating the color gray. I don't care enough well, to hate. I mean, we, we've uh, all we've all clearly gotten onto how little you <laughs> care about baseball. So anyway, back to this game, though. I mean, is this this is where we're at with Root. Ryan, tell, tell us about your rooting interests here. I mean, my rooting interests are firmly just firmly placed on Aaron Donald. I want Aaron Donald to win the Super Bowl. I, the one that the Lions wet let get away. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm number one Aaron Donald fan. That's me. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just want to see him win. I don't care about the rest of the Rams as, like, a team. But I, I definitely want to see Aaron Donald succeed because, man, he is the league's MVP. <laughs> he might be the league's best player. He probably is. And I'm just so completely enamored with Aaron Donald. Like, I want to see him win on Sunday. And because mm-hmm. here's the thing. Like if Aaron Donald succeeds on Sunday, that means that the Patriots are that means the Patriots blew the thing at the thing that they're best at. And that's like protecting Tom Brady and running this offensive scheme where he gets the ball out quick and you know, the I guess the whole buildup if you're talking about actual football related things going into this game is mm-hmm. that the Patriots have kept kept Tom Brady clean and hasn't faced any pressure really. And look at how look at how the New England offense has been able to you know make Brady the best quarterback of all time and if Aaron Donald can unpin all of that that might make him the best football player of all time I could see that that's that's what that's that's what's at stake on Sunday it would be fun to just like see him hold the Lombardi trophy between his abs because I bet he could (laughs) like legitimately like like let's let's talk real quick about like Aaron Donald had 67 pressures in 2018. Like I mean it, it's insane like the amount of pressure he was able to generate as an interior pass rusher in the NFL in 2018. More than four a game. That's pretty ridiculous. That's insane. Like and, and I think the I think one of the prop bets is that how many quarterback hits will Aaron Donald have in the Super Bowl, and like I think the over under is set at one and a half. That's going over. It, I, I'm, it's hard to get your hands on Brady, but so that is kind of a high number, even though you know it doesn't sound that high. Yeah, so I, I truly think like what is at stake is like Aaron Donald's like like people talk about. I, I think that's like the thing that's not being talked about. Like the, uh, the obvious narrative is look at the Patriots; it's their dynasty continuing. And then there's also the narrative of, well, look at the Rams. They were able to build this team essentially in like one off season. Like they were there last year, but look at all the free agent acquisitions they made, the trades that they made. And then they brought this team to the Super Bowl when this hasn't really been a, a model of team building, but man, I, I think the, I think the, the, the less talked about and, and the most important narrative is that like Aaron Donald could be like, put into the discussion of like best football player ever. If the Rams went on Sunday football player, uh, you, did you just make an argument for defensive tackle wins? Yes, <laughs> it's true. Which maybe is the best positional win <laughs> statistic of all time. 
Don That's Mule how I'm feeling. Horrible long snapper. <laughs> long snapper wins. I don't think we'll ever catch on. <laughs> okay. That's how I'm feeling about the game. Either. I'm clearly, I'm clearly in on that. Everything else, I'm out on. <laughs> you were just a fan of one player, and everything else is a wash for you. Like I'm just rooting for chaos. <laughs> I mean, which some is what, just they're rooting for Tom Brady, so I think it's fair. Yeah, it's fair. And like the reason the reason so I'm in on chaos. Of course, I'm in on Aaron Donald because that's all he does is produce chaos. Yeah, it's fair. He is. He's an event horizon. Things just happen there. Man, I, I, I just don't want things to be lost on on that, because I think a lot of people's focus should be drawn to that. People people watch a lot of people watch the football. Watch mm-hmm. Aaron Donald, man. Watch Aaron Donald. The thing, too, is like at least for the Patriots until they lose Tom Brady, you know, they're just going to keep coming back here for the way that the Rams have built their machine and how much they've spent uh, that we might not see him back here again, like maybe another year or so, but I don't think, are are they really even set up to be a dynasty though? It's a good question. I I think, Offensively, I mean, seeing, offensively, you yeah. could make the argument that they are just because are they Sean McVay. Because golf, golf is terrible. Golf is going, that's not I true. Mean, he's he's okay. Let's let's put it this way. He's decent, but there is also still a good chance in the next like two three years he turns into Blake Bortles. <laughs> I I don't think that's true either. He's I think he's still true. capable of goobering. I will say that, mm-hmm. but I I think he's starting to to hammer that out. I mean, I. I do kind of fall into the camp that's saying that says, you know, Sean McVay has made him look better than he is, but he's also had some really, really incredible performances and pretty, pretty really incredible streaks where he's just throwing lasers out there. And I'm, I'm certainly not in the Mansoor uh, level, you know, golf hive that he is, I, but he's doing that ironically though. I don't even know if he is <laughs> at this point. Exactly. Like, <laughs> but I, I think, I think he's a top 10 quarterback right now. Just not, not top five. Like I think some people are saying that's fair. Um, so on defense then for the Patriots, yeah, even for the, for the, no, for the Rams, like you, you were talking about their, their offense. Oh, right. Yeah. But their defense, well, I mean, the that's defense, where they put I mean, a lot of money. Yeah. They, they went in on a lot of big contracts, you know, Sue's was only a one year contract and, you know, they made these kind of short lived trades, these, these short term trades, I should say. We didn't even I think don't Aaron know. Donald might be, I mean, Aaron Donald might not have even played for them this year. He was holding out pretty hard. Right. And so, I mean, you, you can't pay all this talent for as long as you want. And, Maybe maybe they start taking discounts like they, they do in New England a little bit, but I doubt it. The question is, like, will it matter? Because if you look at this defense as a whole, the Rams' defense hasn't been as good, nearly as good as I think people kind of, or at least the perception of it is. Uh, I think in terms of, like, points per game, they're in the bottom half of the league. Uh, uh, in terms of DVOA, I think they're either middle range or, or lower. And so the question is, like, are they just so good offensively that it doesn't matter? if their, their defense doesn't stick together. And and I don't know the answer to that question. Rams were 19th in DVOA this year. Uh, pass yeah. defense ninth, but against the run, 28th. Yeah, they were really bad against the run this year, which is insane to think about when you have Aaron Donald and Ndamukong Sue in the middle. But uh, this is, I, I think this is a team that values disruption on defense a little more than they do stopping the run. And, and sometimes that'll work if you got some ball hawking guys in the secondary, which they do. But if they lose some of those guys, if they lose some of the disruptors up front, I don't know if that strategy is going to work long term. 
Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to keep diving more and more into the Super Bowl. This is our Super Bowl preview podcast from the Detroit Lions minds to the rest of the NFL. This is where we're letting our hair down. A little extra something for you. What? The big game. The big game. The big guy. The game big. Gig Bame. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. The Pride of Detroit PODcast is back in the air, on the air, for your ears, in your ears, on your ears. We're talking about the Booper Sowell I, I spoonerize the name now for, for Jeremy's comfort. Thank you. They can't say I, that I was saying Super Bowl. Oh, geez. There it yep. goes. There it is. Where where do you want to take this one next? We I think we've broken down our rooting interests for this game. Uh, Jeremy's on the side of chaos. I'm on the side of Rams. I think uh, Ryan is on the side of Aaron Donald. <laughs> yes, that is most perfectly put. Chris, I, I I have a couple of things that I want to share with some listeners so that they can maybe get a better understanding of how this game might play out because I did a little statistical deep dive on like the strengths and weaknesses of these teams. Oh, we're getting smart here. Okay. Yeah. This is a little bit of smart talk on the pride of Detroit podcast. Maybe something you're not totally familiar with, but (laughs) let's try, let's try something new in 2019. Right. So like these two teams attacked. I think I think these two teams, like these two teams, according to Pro Football Focus, are like the two best teams in the league. So whether whether or not you were a Chiefs fan, aka me, um, or or a fan of another team, like I think we are getting maybe the two best teams in the NFL playing this game out. Okay, which is crazy to say, and I I hope some Saints fans are listening and that they're triggered as all hell. Okay, but. It, we, God knows it doesn't take much to trigger those guys right now. Yeah, can we can we talk? I want to talk about this real quick, just as an aside. Can I do this, yeah. Ryan? Yeah, let's do it. Like the fact that Adam Schefter put out a report saying there's concern in NFL quarters that four of the officials in the NFC Championship game they were from Southern California, and I just want to say I love that somehow we went from there are no Rams fans in the city of LA to all of Southern California is conspiring to help the Rams win. That's a truly amazing growth of a fan base. <laughs> and it's also Bubkiss, like, shut up. Like, 
Saints fans got to be like, I give it a rest. Yeah, but go on. I'm sorry. No, I, I think that you said it best. So I don't think there's anything left to say about that that switch over in in the uh, in the narratives. But so I, I noticed two things. All right, I noticed one thing for each team that they really struggled with. Like I looked at like each team throughout the season, and like there are some trends on things that they struggled with. And for the Rams, they started to kind of show their ass at times when they were faced with like a, a team that had a really good pass rush. Like when, when the bears shut them down, the bears were eighth in pass rush this season. Uh, when they lost to the saints in that really good uh, Sunday afternoon game, the saints were the sixth best team in terms of pass rush. And the Rams also dropped a game to the Eagles and the Eagles had the second best pass rush in the NFL, uh, according to some metrics. So, while the Rams in those losses like struggled um, because I think the, a lot of their offense is predicated on um, like kind of like misdirection uh, in terms of like play action and getting the ball down the field. I mean, they're second, they were second in the NFL in terms of um, in terms of yards per play. The Patriots don't have a very good pass rush at all. Like no. it hasn't been very, it hasn't been a very good all season long. So um I'm wondering if the Patriots are going to be able to game plan and scheme up some kind of pass rush so that they can get the Rams uncomfortable at times. And obviously, you know, if there's anybody who can do it, it's going to be Bill Belichick and, and, and his cronies. So that's something to keep an eye on. And then from the flip side, wait, before, before you get into the flip, do you, do you guys, since we're talking about ways to slow the Rams offense, do you guys buy into Andy Benoit's column this week about how the Lions kind of laid out the blueprint of how to stop him in terms of... Is that of, how you say his name? It is. It's not Benoit? No, it's Benoit. Because uh, he's Andy Benoit, that's why. The dude drinks a gallon the, of milk the a day. Of really, of the bringer of bad <laughs> takes on Twitter, which makes that take you're talking about immediately suspect. Right. But I don't know if if either you guys read it. It's kind of it's an interesting concept where you know the lines are a mostly man to man defense with a guy, a single high or, or maybe sometimes they got two two deep defenders. But he said they changed to quarters, mostly quarters in that game, meaning that they were able to bring their safeties in a little bit closer, so much that they weren't going to change out of a running play necessarily, and that helped them kind of stop the run and threw Goff off. And Goff was pretty bad in that game, so. Um, the the two games that followed were those the the Bears game and the Eagles game where they they were able to kind of slow and pretty much shut down Goff and, and the Rams offense. So there's a little bit of intrigue there, especially since obviously you know Bill Belichick is going to have some sort of familiarity with with what the Lions did there with the whole obviously Patriots roots in in the Lions defense. Um, but but do you buy it at all that? I mean, obviously both teams are looking at that film now, right? So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if we've learned anything about Sean McVay, he's probably watched every single Patriots game by now, right? For maybe yeah. like the past like 10 years. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There, there might be something to it. I mean, I think it was, uh, was it, is it our buddy uh, Walter Sharp? Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he even made a comment on Twitter about like Jersey colors and uh, how the Patriots should wear darker gloves. Cause I think that the Rams are wearing their blue jerseys. So Yep, they're wearing like, throwbacks. Yeah, so if the Rams are wearing their blue jerseys, the Patriots defensive backs should wear dark colored gloves so that holding or anything like that from their secondary, 
won't be as obvious yeah because there won't be such a high contrast i mean we're getting into some really deep depths of 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 chicanery going on chicanery is exactly where i was gonna go that is awesome (laughs) but so to flip it over to the other side like the patriots offense in terms of like what they've struggled in in their losses is they didn't control the time of possession and that was something that as lions fans like we saw when the lions beat the probably eventual super bowl champion new england patriots uh (laughs) early on in the season i mean listen so so like I'm throwing out the Dolphins game. I mean, that was probably the best Patriots loss that I can remember in, in quite some time from the season when they lost on on the final play of the game. Right. Um, that's that. That was an outlier because it was the Dolphins, and I think as Lions fans, we can all agree that every Dolphins game should be considered an outlier <laughs> <laughs> for every team. Yep, <laughs> for every team. But uh, here are the first down totals by the Patriots offense in their losses this season. Jacksonville, they only managed 18 uh detroit they only managed 12 tennessee they managed 16 and their steelers lost they had 18 first downs um i think and i mean the patriots in terms of time of possession they were second in the nfl in time of possession numbers so i think that in order for the patriots to win they really got to control the time of possession and i mean what's kind of funny about that is that for uh for the Rams this season, they aren't really a they aren't really a great example of a team that held the ball held onto the ball for very long periods of time. They were 18th in the NFL um, in terms of average time per drive. So, and, um, and you mentioned we mentioned before how bad they are defending the run. Yeah, that's a pretty key way I think that the the Patriots can turn the tempo to this game in in their favor. Yeah, yeah, I I think I think what we have on our hands is. A an interesting football matchup, and I think some of the outside storylines that the media is trying to trying to conjure up makes this game way less palatable than it will be from a football standpoint. Listen, this 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 week, as we've pointed out, this week is hell because everyone is, is. bored, and I think like it, you can't even you can't even do your regular pieces on stuff like oh, the Patriots are so great because we've been doing that since 2014. Like, there's just literally nothing else to do except like find something to put on a deadline and beat it out there. Yeah. There's There's, Super Bowl fatigue in in any normal second week in between the conference championship games. There's literally nothing else to talk about. There's so much Patriots fatigue at this point. Like what else do we need to talk about? Everything we've said is been, we've been saying for like five years, we know the Patriots are great. We know Bill Belichick is grumpy. We know Rob Gronkowski might not be back this year. Like I just, I, he also I, likes the I'm, number sixty nine. By the way, I don't know if you. Heard yes, that. I, I I've heard that. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Jeremy. It mm-hmm. was very very kind of you to inform me of that. I'm not trying to sound to... like I hate this. I I, I actually like. I'm going to like the Super Bowl a lot. It's just that the fatigue leading up to the game kills us every time. I I think I can add a little spice. Okay. Do you want me to explain how squares works? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Squares are verboten from this podcast. We will not talk about Super Bowl squares. What we will talk about are prop bets. You want to uh, get into some prop bets now, or are we, are not, we saving it for really, the written no, word? No, I'm just I, I'm saving it for the written word. You should read what me and Ryan are putting out. We're putting out two articles full of prop bets, and uh, yeah, it's do you guys. Do you guys ever actually bet on prop bets? 
Well, Ryan. I mean, I wish I, I mean, I wish I could, but my current status I mean, has has left me begging on Twitter for people to listen to the podcast by downloading it, so I can turn on my heat. <laughs> uh, extremely same. <laughs> Tell your friends about us, guys. But yeah. if I, but if I could, I think this would be the year I could. Like, I don't know why, but I, I am so confident. No, I'm not, I'm not going to get into it because, yeah, read, read what Chris and I did because also that's another way I can pay the bills. So, <laughs> no, not by much, but buy something. Buy something. Just buy, buy us something. I don't want to have buy. to put up a cash me link. Are, should we get into predictions? Do you want to do predictions? We got this is the time for predictions. Sure. One, are we going to do one thing we think we know? Things we think we know. Okay. Let's do it. Per the first bite tradition. Mm-hmm. This is a first bite podcast, more or less. It's not right, by who wants, who wants to go first? I don't want to go first. Nose goes. Oh, man. You're putting me in a bad spot. <laughs> That's exactly why I jumped in there. <laughs> All right. Um, I know that I am going that the commercials are going to be worse than ever before. Like we are at this point now, I think that Super Bowl commercials we've known for a couple of years haven't been good. And I don't think they're going to come back. The only thing you can look forward to is if you are one of these brain dead simpletons who thinks Dilly Dilly is actually clever five (laughs) years onward. And I know it's only been like two years, but it feels like five. And it honestly needs to stop. It needs to stop. And whoever came up with this thing should just be shot out of a cannon. Like whoever invented this advertising thing is Satan. It needs to die. It needs to die an unceremonious death. It's suffocating everything else. And to be honest, I can't even think of any other like, like who who is maybe it's because now like when I, when I was growing up I wasn't too big of a football fan so I was really curious to see the commercials because that's what everyone talked about in like you know the late nineties early two thousands but this day and age though if you have a good marketing campaign you get it out there anyway you don't have to wait for the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl is ungodly expensive it's more about you know if you can just foot the bill to put a commercial on during the Super Bowl. And I'm oh, sorry, finish your point. Just, I, I just, I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, I always see the, the outcome afterwards. And I think the one thing that will get people to move on a Super Bowl commercial is if it's a movie trailer. But everything else has been drowned out and probably for good reason because capitalism sucks. Do you think the, the Venn diagram of people who enjoy the Dilly Dilly commercials and people that are excited that Geico is doing their throwback ads right now is a perfect circle? Uh, not completely. I think because some of those dilly dilly people are also, um, more about there, they're probably, there's probably more people who are sports fans watching this game who care about dilly dilly, probably as many as there are people who are just quote unquote watching it just for the commercials. Yeah. Because like Dilly Dilly does transcend into like the dumb sports people thing. And every time I see a tweet replying Dilly Dilly, I block that person. <laughs> oh, you want to get blocked? Tell me Dilly Dilly. I'll block you. The Dilly Dilly commercial definitely plays into the uh, big dumb sports fan for sure. Yeah, it does. But I mean, I'm, I'm going to even push this to you, Chris. Like were Super Bowl commercials ever good? 
That is a question that I think is actually very, that's a very interesting question. Cause I, I mean, honestly, now that I've kind of grown up, it's like, no, I don't really care about the commercials, but people, there are a cast, a class of people out there who do care about commercials. I just don't know who they are. And after I, maybe it's, maybe it's back when I was still like doing marketing and everything. I was kind of like, okay, that was kind of neat. But now that I'm no longer in marketing, I don't, I, that, that requires me to go, go back quite a bit. Was the, was the 1984 Apple commercial, was that on us during a Super Bowl? I think so. Cause I don't like know. that was the Ridley Scott one. Yeah. With the Olympian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like yeah. that one would, that would probably be like the good Super Bowl commercial. Sure. And I mean, you have, you have a name attached to it, like Ridley Scott. So of course it's going to be like high production Ridley Scott, value. 1984, Apple selling its Macintosh computer. Like what was it? The Mac two at the time you had the Olympian and, and everything like that was like when production for Super Bowl commercials was like, okay, we've got to hit the road. I, I mean, I was thinking of more like beer commercials. Like, so, I mean, I'm thinking oh. back to, I, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking back to like Super like Bowl, frogs. like 29. Yeah. The Budweiser frogs. Like, I mean, yeah. that, that I like I, funny I, enough I, because last, last plague we had before Dilly Dilly was the Wazop. And I'm pretty sure that was from a Super Bowl commercial too. Yep. Right. right. And then you have the, like the Budweiser frogs. So, I mean, like yep. I, I'm thinking about like the Genesis of like beer commercials, like, have they always just been these like really dumb premises that yep. are, I mean, is time flat? <laughs> Here's the one thing about the, I'm going to take kind of the adversarial role here and say, I am looking forward to the commercials, but only the CBS TV show commercials that I don't know exist currently the because when, when, shows on earth, when God friended me, hit me in the face completely unexpectedly i was so happy because i can't believe there's a show called that there are only two yeah that is that is one of the only two types of archetypes of shows that cbs shows one is stuff like that like god is a fam like these (laughs) super saturin comedies like comedies with almost just overwhelming christian demographics and then the other one and then the other one is literally just called the troops and it's about cops who are (laughs) who are former troops and about how fucking glorious and and brave they are those are the only two types of shows cbs has all for 70 year olds i i just love when they try to do hip language I'm just saying there is an actual show called FBI. Now we are at, we are on a Delta three years out, two years out, maybe from a show just called the troops. There's an actual show called young Sheldon. I was about to say, that's the other one there. That's uh yeah. Big bang spinoffs. That's the third genre of uh, CBS programming. <laughs> Literally the third genre. <laughs> that's it. Troops, religion, big bang. Yep. Which is weird because Big Bang Theory. Like yeah. you would think with as I'll bad you as... all connect the dots there. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you, you I, with as bad as their daytime programming is, you would think, why not put the Star Trek, which apparently the new season is good, on, on network TV and they won't. Instead, you have to pay extra. So, I mean, that's cool. Anyway, Ryan, what's the one up? thing you know? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, let's move this on. <laughs> Okay, yeah. So, I mean, the one thing that I think I know (laughs) is that my love for Aaron Donald, no matter what happens in terms of the outcome of the game, will be unshaken. Like, I will be here to thump the... Like a rock. Talk about Super Bowl ads. Um, 
but yeah, there is nothing that's going to shake and there's nothing that's going to shake my my unbashful love for Aaron Donald. Nothing will do it. Doesn't care if he. I don't care if he had. A, it's impossible for him to have a bad game. Like that's just not possible. I hope the Patriots like triple team him at some points and I can just, I can, I can get on Twitter and I can be like, look how important he is. Look how important he is. That's what I want to do. One thing I think I know is that I will be on social media, just absolutely thumping for Aaron Donald throughout the entire game. That's going to be my whole brain. Who who are you proving this to? You're, you're being like Tom Brady right now. There aren't any Aaron Donald doubters out there. There are, there are Aaron Donald, like ignorance out there. No, like there, there isn't. I think there. I totally think there is. I think that there's people that are like, "Oh yeah, he's good." Do you know no. how many times I've seen that picture of him with all the muscles on my timeline this week? Because it's approximately five thousand. I was gonna say not probably. I don't the even number, follow that many people. I, I was gonna. I was gonna say that the number of times that you've seen his price smaller than the amount of muscles that he has in that photo. <laughs> you said five thousand, and I think I think you're still you short with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Things you think you know about this game, Jeremy? Take it home. I think I think I know that this game is going to produce a million think pieces that I won't read because they're all going to be horrible because no matter who wins this game, we lose. This is Alien vs. Predator. No matter who wins, we lose. So just enjoy the game for what Rams, it is and Rams then winning, turn off win. everything. No. Yes. Rams win is you win. Rams win, everyone wins because the Patriots lose. I'm sorry that you're too much in the weeds to start worrying about people copying Sean McVay. That's fine. We're, I mean, we're the Lions. We're already and copying I'm sorry in a different you, way. You're so worried about President Trump being happy for a second. And I'm sorry that you're sorry. <laughs> Enjoy the game, everybody. Super Bowl. Catch big the game. Fever. The big, big game. game. The big game theory. <laughs> It's time for some big game theory. Dun 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 dun. The big don't game theory. I'm ending it there. I, I, I was gonna say. Oh my god! I found McVay, a, but I blew it. Don't even. I found.